ladies. Hello, ladies and ladies. It's me. Hey, it's Jake. It's Jake Johansson. It's episode 144 of the podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. I'm in London. I'm in London, England. Finally happened. It finally happened. And that's why this week's episode is late. And who, who could even say that it's this week's episode? It's just the latest episode. Uh, I was so on the bandwagon of getting them out once a week. But I am excited about this week's episode because I have a guest. And it's a friend of mine, Marion Groden, will be this week's guest. But first, I'm in London. So guess what I'm doing? I'm going to be at the Soho Theatre. That's right, I'm at the Soho Theatre this week in London, England. I've already had a couple of terrific sets at the Old Rope and uh, at the Comedy Store, and I'm excited to blast off my week June 23rd to 29th at the Soho Theatre. So please come to that if you can. I'd really appreciate it. It's been a blast to be here in London. I'm really having a good time with my... um, with my family and the comedians and friends that I have here. So that's terrific. But before I came here, I was in New York City at Gotham Comedy Club, and I worked with a friend of mine, Marion Groden. We were, uh, we coordinated it so we could work together, and so it was, it was great fun. And we sat down before one of the shows, I think it was the Saturday, Saturday show, to do an episode of the podcast, and Marion and I are the same age, and our fathers are the same age, except for the fact that her father is uh, in show business and my father is not. But my father's only done about 64 less movies than her father. Um, so it, not that uh, you need to know that necessarily, but we do talk about her dad in this episode. And so her father's Charles Grodin. If you don't know who that is, Midnight Run is my recommended movie. But there are 63 other ones that you could check out. And they're all great. And I remember him as a guest on The Tonight Show. Terrific. Anyway, um, Marion has a book out. And she and I discuss her book. We talk about comedy. We talk about... There's a little bit of depression talk. Surprise! (laughs) So uh, hang in there. And uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I think it was... um, uh, well, I think it was interesting. That's what I'm going to say. I think it was interesting. It was interesting. I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy it. So, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Check this. So, my frustration is just that I'm trying to make this tape mm-hmm. because Monday night I did the fundraiser and I have a couple really nice things happening. I'm signing with a manager. This is good. Now, I started this, is that okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And then the other thing is there was a guy that came to the fundraiser and talked to me about the possibility, nothing is anything till it's something, of building a show around my persona, like who I am, this divorced person of a certain age and a certain weight and certain issues and whatever. I love that you now when you put so many certains in there that everybody can relate to. It. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You can check some box, even if you can't check all of them. I give you so many boxes. Yeah. And then I told the guy on the phone who was a breast cancer survivor, and he went even better. Right. Because it's all relatable. It's all yeah. a woman of a certain age that a lot of women relate to. Relate, relatable and likable. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm vulnerable. I'm pretty, like, what you see is what you get. <laughs> I don't know if that would be the first word I would it use It wouldn't to be the first it. word, because I'm edgy. And you can think because I'm kind of tough and edgy, I'm not vulnerable. But I am vulnerable. See, the funny thing to me, to hear you say that, is that I didn't realize that you got that about yourself. Because of that's course. what 
I love about watching you <laughs> when I'm watching you do your thing, you uh -huh. know, at the beginning of the show, you've got this, like you come right at people yes. in a way that almost can seem aggressive. Yes. But it's like you're aggressively curious about them. Yes. You know, yes. which is completely like, that's what we all want. Yeah. That's what we all want. Well, everybody's favorite subject is themselves. And so basically, if you start talking to people about them, I say that I'm affectionately, uh, affectionately edgy because I have great affection for people. I'm not mean-spirited, mm -hmm. and I think people get that about me. I'm not a mean-spirited person. And I have a certain level of aggression and, like, mental stuff, but that's me. That's just me. That's not against you. And then I am genuinely incredibly curious about everything. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that has, uh, with your act or your, your, your I yeah. mean, I, I'm calling it, yeah. your, your act yeah. when you go on stage. Yeah, yeah. It's so, there's so much interaction. Do you feel like it's hampered you in terms of coming up with material, or do you feel like it's just a kind of a... Probably, because I prefer it. Probably, because I really, I like improv, and I have plenty of material, but material doesn't interest me as much as improv. I'm always way more interested in what's actually happening in real time in the moment. That's the most compelling thing to me. Like, good bits are good bits, but for me, there's nothing like improv. The high of... You're on the high wire, and it could go into the toilet at any moment, and we all know that. We all sense it's kind of a dangerous thing to be doing. Mm -hmm. I love that. But the more times you do it also, the more It doesn't more go into the toilet. No, it's yeah, not going into the toilet. But they don't know that. It's kind of like a trick. It's kind, <laughs> yeah, of, like a it it's kind of like a magician. It's funny, because that's how I describe comedy to people. It's like, a, when you go see a magician, though... You know it's a trick. Yeah. You know it's a trick, and, right. you, and everybody wants to know what the trick is. Right. But with stand-up, if you tell them it's a trick, it makes them mad. Right. You know because right. they want to believe that you just made it all up. Right. And you want to make it sound like you just made it right. all up. Right. But that's I would argue that that's true with magicians also. There's a, just a suspended kind of um, what do you call it? Suspend disbelief, suspension of disbelief. That phenomenon where it's all contrived. It's all. Pre-created. I mean, when you get up and you're doing material, in a way the audience feels like, well, this is the first time he's ever kind of shared this with somebody, and yet you've said it a million times. Right. There right. is that kind of illusion. I'm going to open the door. It's a little warm. Sure, see. yeah, do yeah. It. it. This is a hard room to cool down. Can you, Am I still? Yeah, you're okay, audible. Okay, but <laughs> I am audible. But um, is there I'm, I'm going to make it cooler. I love I'm that. Right, I'm right here. You're just right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right outside the door. Do you know where the thermostat I'm is? I'm right here. Are yeah. you controlling the master temperature of the whole the place? I'm controlling the temperature or? on the block. Yeah, great. No, I actually I like your shoes. Thank you. Yes. No, I um my dad and Regis Philbin were in here for the fundraiser we did. Mm -hmm. My dad is 80 and Regis I think is 83 and I was very concerned that it was too warm for them, so I found out where the thermostat was. Too warm for them. Yes. Because of my experience with my older pop, older yeah. people. I don't mind you saying that. Well, the funny thing is we're the same age, and our dads are the same age. Right. Also, so my dad's 80. But uh, he's a bigger dude, so I, he doesn't often get... Uh, Chilly. Cold. Yeah. But, but um, my all my other elderly relatives, it was like they always They're, get to crank father, it up. My father's always chilly. Yeah. Yeah, like in the summer he wears, um, uh, what do you call the undergarments? Um he wears... Long not, johns? Like, yeah, he wears long johns. He does. In the summer? Yes. He What's can't, he wear in the winter? He doesn't some, even come out. He's just of, in. He he's just, just in like a blanket under like a bed. No, he's really... You know, he's Jewish, and Jews tend to get chilly also. 
You're not Jewish, but that's a Jewish thing. I didn't know that. Jews feel drafts that nobody else can feel. You don't know that about us. No, I didn't. It's no, not. It's not common knowledge. Uh, I don't to, think. to Jews it is. It's not one of the stereotypes that you hear. That we're chilly? Well, I have a joke. Actually, you asked me about material. I went on a Jewish book tour for my book, and I had this joke. People would sometimes get very confrontational with me and say, well, you're very funny and you're very appealing, but what makes you Jewish? And I said, I've never left a table at a restaurant that I started out at, and I have a capacity to feel drafts that even other Jews can't feel. Those two things. So you table hop in restaurant. You well, know a lot Jewish of people. Well, it's Jewish to be needy. It's Jewish to be, to be um, finicky. Oh, like oh, this I, ta- I don't like I this thought, table. I see. You mean you won't take the table that they say, sat you at? You want to move to another? At first, I thought you meant, like, I got to go visit with all the other people in the restaurant. The Jews do that, too. But actually, what I meant specifically in that instance was that we started a table and we find something wrong with it. Hmm. Inevitably, we go, is your chair wobbly? My chair is not steady or it's cooling down. Can you feel it? Yes, I do. Thank yes, you. I do feel it. Thank you. And I'm I grateful know you're a little to you. Sweaty. Sure. Because I've, I'm a, I'm a do-it-yourself kind of a person. I yeah, mean, I know how and to that's fix what things. I did. I got I w- right I, out. I would have thought there's no control for this one room on its own. <laughs> you there's wouldn't no have way. even tried. I would have thought, oh, it's all hooked up. The whole block is yeah. better. But like you said, it's Isn't controlled. Isn't it great that just like no, I really did that nice. and now it's nice and chilly in it's here? Really nice. I feel like I could spend the night in here. I know. I don't even want to go on. I just want to stay in here and like order a pizza. That is one of the things that happens sometimes. When you're hanging out at yeah. the comedy club, it's just like, this is fun. Why? Yeah. We, we don't have to do We don't have to go on. And but show. I want to do the first show, but then the late show. Oh, no. Sometimes you it's just like, when was, why, are we, why push our luck? I you always know? feel that way. And also, if you've had a great set on the first show, the, the possibility that you could not have a great set lingers in the air. It's not pleasant. Well, this week... Mercifully, yes. we don't do the third show. No, thank because God. Because every other time that I've been here to Gotham, it's like you got to do three on it's Saturday. Horrible. It's horrible. And that third show is always like, okay, you punch them twice and then they punch you once. Yeah, totally. It's horrible. It's just crowd control. It's horrible. Um, what was I just going to tell you? You so, were talking about your book. You were talking about not uh-huh. staying at a table. What about hotel rooms? Were you staying at a I, you know, I have done a complete 180 about hotels. I used to hate them, and now I always pretend I'm on vacation. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. It's well, the only way to do it. I pretend. This, yeah. is, this is where I'm at with it now. You have to pretend. Yes, you do have to pretend. But I pretend I'm one of those rich people who lives in a hotel. Right, like um, Telly Savalas lived in a hotel on the top floor his yeah. whole life. Yeah, that's what I pretend. Right. Like I live here. I put right. all my clothes. Immediately put all my clothes in the yeah. in the dresser. Yep. And I put all my in. supplies out. Yeah. You know. Well, I just was at the Mohican Sun. I don't want to brag. And um, it's and, nice there. Yeah, but the rooms are nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was wisecrackers. You know, whatever. But uh, the room and they have a Serta sleeper. That the bed, mm-hmm. it's like it's soft and it like holds you, but it's but it's firm. It's soft and firm. Right. <laughs> it's a perfect. It's like a, the way you're describing it. It's Which like is a what, person. It's like, what. It's yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It, it holds. It you. holds you, and yet it's not militant. Mm-hmm. And it's soft enough that it kind of caresses you. And I've been single for a while, so it is like a person. Well, nobody wants a militant bed. No, an angry, an angry bed, or too soft a bed. 
Just like in a person, right. you don't want a militant person, and you don't want a person that's just staring at you all the time, yeah. going, you are phenomenal. Originally, what do you want? Great. What do you want? Yeah, whatever you want to do. Have you ever tried that sleep number bed? I guess that's the what do you want bed. Yeah, it's like, oh, how about this? Is yeah. this okay? Is yeah. this all right? Would you like it a little yeah. bit? Why don't you turn it down? Yeah. I'd be awake all night trying to twin in the perfect bed. I don't like it. I don't Tell me who you are. That's, you know what I mean? Don't get me to keep telling you who you are. You tell me who you are, goddammit. Yeah, you fucking tell bed. Tell me, you fucking liar. What kind of a bed do you have at home? That, is that too personal? Yeah, based on what you've seen me say on stage. I can't even believe no, you, you would have asked. No, you can tell me, right, yeah. If you've ever seen me on stage, I can talk about everything. Um, I have, I've inherited my dad's mattresses, and he has great mattresses, really hard. More than one mattress? Yes. You Whenever, I, I get mattresses from him, and they're really good mattresses. Like, this mattress was in a guest house at one point, mm -hmm. and now it's mine, but it, it wasn't slept on, really, and so it's really firm. But you're not sleeping on more than one mattress. You mean sequentially, you get this mattress, then you get another mattress. No, I have seven mattresses, and I, I have an alarm clock, and every 90 minutes, I get up and I go to another mattress. Oh, I thought maybe you would sleep on them in a big pile like yeah, a princess. And I do that and I rotate yeah, them to the top, from yeah, the top to the bottom. That's what I do. My whole yeah. house is just mad, which I wouldn't mind because my thing and my act is how much I want to lie down. I, well, you just almost just said the whole dream house to me is a floor where the Heaven. whole floor is mattresses. Heaven. And I you had just a, take off your clothes. You have like a mud room, but it's totally. not a mud room. It's like a walk-in. I love it. It's like a closet tunnel. Where yes. you come home, you take off your clothes, yes. you put on your pajamas, then you have pajamas for everyone else I who comes it. to visit. I love it. I love it. And nobody just, ever wears shoes. And things are silk. I like, I, I want to be walking on something silk. Mm -hmm. And then there are cats with blue eyes kind of running around. Yeah, I'm a little allergic to cats. No cats. There are no cats in this scenario. Really no. No, are we together in this scenario? Do I have well, to accommodate you? Well, just sometimes I'm coming over to hang out. Right. Because you've got a whole house no that's a bed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crowded there, I'm, that's... I'm guessing. <laughs> like, whenever I come over, there's just somebody sleeping. There's well, just someone over there, or two or three people. They're just lot, asleep. A lot of people would be desiring what I have. I mean, the situation. If a you lot had of, the mattress house. A lot of people would want to come there's a, let's over. Just, but there's a bad... A lot of people want to lie down. Hmm. I think once you become a certain age, that's one of your priorities. I don't know what, I mean, I say I have this joke that I turned 40 recently, 14 years ago, and I just want to lie down. I want to lie down and watch Law & Order. I hear in the criminal justice system, and there is a euphoria inside my body that is undeniable. And I see Jerry Orbach, and I, it just makes me so happy. Not, not your thing? Talk about Law & Order, because I've never been able to get into it. Oh! I mean, I'm so fond of you, but that, you know, I don't get that. What well, do you maybe like? it's just a phase that what I'm you, going through. No, maybe you've never, well, no offense, but I mean, we're not teenagers. What do you mean, like, at some point? I mean, this we're I here. I tried to watch it, and, and I thought what? it was all right, but, you know, it's the <gasps> law, and then it's the order. It yeah. seemed like they gave short shrift to everything. You know, they, it was the i never heard I'm that just enjoying the law, and then it's time for order. And now it's order. time for the order. Yeah, and that's... Wow, you wanted more. Hello? Yeah. There was a Somebody knock at wants the door. to come in, but we're not. Because they heard it's nice and cool in here. Yeah, <laughs> it like, really they is. They can see the temperature out there. <laughs> they see seventy and they go, "Let me in." That Isn't it cool. nice now? It is. Yeah. It's really sublime. But I like to think someday maybe I'll I'll get into some of these things that I've dismissed or, or moved past. What or, are other or, things you've dismissed? Well, but let's not leave law and order let's just not. yet because no, I, I, I now I feel like the problem is there's too many of them. 
Well, that's true, but that was the original. So the other ones are not going to compare. But you still, you can't watch them all. I can't watch all of the you, Law and you, Orders. You, you, you can if you if you really commit to it. Really? Yeah. I need a house full of beds because I've, I feel well, like... Well, that's what I've got. That's what I'm offering. Mm -hmm. I've got a house of beds and no cats, and you come in and you lie down and there's silk. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Now I'm sort of like, I feel like a little apprehension because it sounds almost too good to be true. Right. Right, right. Because when would anyone go to work and make money? Yeah, I'm just in there watching Law and Orders, and we're wa we're ordering pizza. <laughs> do we eat <laughs> the pizza our mat on our mattresses? Do we eat the pizza in bed, and then someone comes oh. and sequentially well, what changes? What do you mean in bed? Everything's in bed. You can't qualify by saying in bed because that's our reality is in bed. But does a maid come in and crawl around on top of the bed she and lives change there. the sheets? She and, lives there. Uh huh. She's on her bed. And she's like a Roomba, though. She just kind of goes around the room in a sequence, <laughs> in, a, in a, like a spiral, and, and fixes, changes the And sheets. fixes the rooms. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I mean, we weren't poor. I grew up with my mother. My parents divorced very young. My father had a lot of money. My mother and I did not. My father was very generous with us. But my mother and I lived, like, you know, lower middle class. And um, my But you mother, weren't around? You, you weren't around your dad then that much? Always. I was around oh, him were. always. Okay. I mean, I had I lived back and forth. Okay, right, right. But, um, and I spent a lot of time on the West Coast with him. And that was a whole other reality, because that was at the height of him, like, being a movie star and going to movies. Not, like, going to movies. Anyone could go to a movie. Movie sets. Right. Made it sound like we just went to a lot of movies. You say going to movies, but what you mean is going to where they're making the movies. Where they're making the movies and all that kind of stuff. But the thing I was going to say is that my mother would always say, we have to be so grateful for this bed. And so from the, from the time I was a <laughs> so I've, I've, I was raised with a strong sense of appreciation for a bed. Hello? Was your, was your mother like a homeless person or something? No. I mean, she was, she but was she was not. just really a grateful person. She, she was, was very really... appreciative for her bed. That's very sweet. Mm -hmm. She was very sweet. She was very sweet, but it was also just perspective of gratitude. It was also just not taking for granted, like, you have a home. It's a good way to be in the world. Are you kidding me? It's the best way to be in the world. But it's tough to be that. It's, I think people lose sight of that, say, gratitude. Well, I don't think that gratitude is considered to be, I think, first of all, like, humility and gratitude are scoffed at because we live in such an aggressive, egomaniacal, narcissistic society. Right, right. Well, and all yes. So the the attitude. So that the simple I, stuff is not. Yeah, everybody feels like I deserve it. Right. I deserve everything. But I I, I have a real awareness of like that I have this home and that I live in a safe place and I have a real awareness of that kind of stuff that I'm that I'm safe and there's trees outside. You know, I'm pretty good with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I also suffer from depression, so I'm not always good with it because when you're depressed, it's like nothing really. Yeah, I've been I've, good. I've been depressed. Not the I've never gotten the pill, which right. is probably my short. I probably should. You have. may have needed the pill. I may. I've definitely felt like the I pill helps. Used. The pill helps. I I have the pill. But doesn't sometimes isn't it tricky to get on the right pill? Like it's a process thing, to get the right. pill. Sometimes you can think you're taking the right pill, and then all at once it makes it worse, or you or your you know your well, sex drive goes away, or yes. you, you yes. whatever you just can't sleep. You sleep yes. too much. You're that's all true. And one of the side effects of some antidepressants is suicidal ideation. So that's... What does ideation mean? Thinking about suicide. Well, I already do that. Right. 
sometimes, right. not all the time. Me too. Yeah. The, the, our conversation has taken a complete turn, and I like it because it's very truthful. Well, it's still, I, now I have this thing that, to go back to when I feel that way. This, it's going to make me so laugh when I picture this house full of pants. <laughs> Is that going to help you? It's sort of, because I feel like that's what happens when you get, I'm okay to talk about this stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, so a thing that I say in the podcast all the time at the end is don't give up. Right. Oh, there'll, I love that. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Right, exactly. You can and, give up tomorrow. Yeah, because I feel like that's it's just about getting through those times. Well, you know, in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, which I am in, you're not supposed to say you're a member, but whatever. I think you're I, allowed I, to I, say, aren't you? No, but, you're not supposed to, at the level of press, radio, and film, you're not supposed to break your anonymity. I would love if this breaks through to the level of press, radio, or film. <laughs> so that's very flattering to hear you say that. So I'm going to assume this isn't at the level of press, radio, or film. And so, I think it's safe to say that it's at the level of phone, walking around people I think on it's the at the level of you and me in a really nice, chilled room with some snacks. But I'm, what I'm going for is secrets. People feel like they're listening to some kind of little right. conversation. Right. You get to, this is what it's like to be my friend. Right. You know? Or to eavesdrop. Yeah. To get to eavesdrop. But um, I call it the secret club. I'm not in the secret I club, like but it. I know a lot of people oh, that are in the secret about club. about AA. Yeah. Right. So, especially a lot of performers and, you know, are depressive or anxiety-ridden or bipolar or alcoholic or all of it or some of it. And one of the things that we say in the rooms is, if you don't, just don't drink today, you can drink tomorrow. And that's kind yeah. of the thing you're saying. It's very akin to don't give up, don't today. Give up today. You can give up, you know, there's plenty yeah. of time to give up. Yeah, yeah. Which is good because your thinking shifts. Like, I've been in not a great space the last four or five days, and I'm not sure why, and I feel it's about to shift because I get sick of it, too. Yeah, well, you know that... Uh it's emotion. It's emotion. Right. right. It's not logic. It's emotion. No. And so I always think about it, it's like a storm, like that it, it, that expression, Weather. like batting down the hatches right. on a boat. Right. When it's, if you're on a small boat in the storm, basically yeah. you just seal it up. So right. it's like a bottle with a cork in it. Right. And you just wait until the, the right. ocean lets go of you. Right. And then you can come back out on top of the boat. But I will say this. I will say that sometimes it is traceable to something that pertains to logic and like just crossing the street now, I had a thought about what could be causing it that seemed so obvious, but it, it didn't. But I was sort of hiding it from myself. Right, the trigger, the, the trigger. trigger. But 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 it does. I because I like, look at when it started, and I go, did anything happen? Did something happen? And then nothing really obvious happened, but something sort of on my emotional landscape that's kind of obvious happened. But it's something that I kind of conceal from myself. You don't always want to let yourself know everything. Uh-huh. I'm slightly confused, but I but I do I get the idea of the of the trigger to right. to put you in the hole right. with the devil. Right. You're supposed to keep him in the hole. Right. Don't get in the hole with the right. devil. Right. I get the idea of the trigger, but I but I kind of in my mind I want to keep it, I want to make it where the hole that's that's a non-logical place. Like everybody somebody kills themselves and everybody wants to know what's what's the reason for right. that. And the reason is they got in the hole. Right. Don't get in the hole. Right. When, I when like you're that. in the hole, don't trust anything. Right. Don't trust anything well, the, that your brain is telling well, you is, totally is negative. You well, know? the thing also is that even if the trigger is quote unquote logical, even if the trigger is let's say that you lost a job. Right. 
Right. Something that logically looks like it would depress you, or your relationship's or relationship, not working or your out, health or, or, or your all health. of that shit that they want to talk about with Robin Williams, all of those things. Right. The bottom line is he suffered from depression his whole life, and so you can make the argument that if you weren't depressed, you can have all those same things happen to you and not be in the hole. Right. Right. <laughs> or you know, when you're in the hole, it's hard not to make a mistake. Right. You're in that hole and you got your brain telling you know this is the way out. Well, that's the thing they say about suicide. They say that most of the things that people commit suicide over are actually transient, that they're things that will change. Well, it's all transient. It's all right? transient. I was just thinking that. It's all transient. It's I was all talking transient. to somebody today. I ran into a friend on the street who was working on a show and he and they were he was talking about how you know, they do a new one every day and you know, there's all this struggle about it, but, you know, at some point they're going to turn the camera on, and an hour later, it's going to be done. That's right. Whether they've written it great or not, right. it's going to be right. over. Right. And really, everything in life is transient. You know, if you feel Including like you're going... your life. Yeah, well, eventually, we're all heading to... That's why they say it's about that. the journey. We're all going to the that. same... I was sitting in the chair getting my hair done, and I was thinking, you know, I was kind of turning a corner in terms of feeling this darkness of the last few days and I was sitting in the chair looking at the beautiful day looking forward to coming and meeting you in the night and I thought it's so strange Mary you're gonna die we're all gonna die everybody bustling about and going about their business and it wasn't a morose thought it was just a it, kind of like what you say like I'm like on stage just so curious like what is it yeah well there's plenty of, that's why I say don't give up also there's yeah. plenty you don't have to you don't have to kill yourself it's gonna come it's gonna happen it's coming and and I, I can't believe how many people that I've run into recently, like the guy who's driving you to the club or to the airport right. or whatever, who said that, you know, you gotta you gotta enjoy every moment. Right. You gotta wake up every day, be grateful. You That's gotta right. because because this is it. It's this a choice, is, why not? Yeah. I think also that it's a real um delusion to think that, you know, if I had X, Y, and Z, I would be a different guy. I would be happier. I would be. You don't know that because it's an inside job. That's something we say in the rooms too. It's an inside job how you're feeling, and you could get the greatest show. You could have the greatest wife. You could, and you could still your weather inside could still be stormy. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I remember I knew this guy was dying of AIDS, and he had like the most gratitude and amazing perspective of anyone I'd ever met. And this guy was dying. And I have another friend who's in a wheelchair who was in an accident, and he's like the happiest guy. And I said to him once, David, you know, you're such a happy guy. Like, you're in this wheelchair. You were in this accident, and you lost the ability to walk. And he goes, you know what, Marion? I think people are basically who they are. And he said, I was happy before this, and I'm happy now. I think that's true, but I also think, you know, that it that it's possible for people who aren't always happy to kind of have a change in perspective a right. little bit. Or to have... To, to prepare themselves with tools to get through the, 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 the hole, if you want. I think some of it's hole. a choice, you know. Well, not that it's a choice, but but that it's a... Well, about getting happier. I'm just kind of saying what you're saying, that there are tools yeah, involved. Yeah. And you can make the choice to, like, for example, sometimes I make a gratitude list. And mm -hmm. that's a mm -hmm. tool to try to get me happier. So I look at the same things in my life that were there yesterday, and I try to attach a feeling of gratitude to it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel grateful because it's my father always says, compared to what? Like, this is bad news compared to what? You know, you didn't find out you have cancer today. What? He's like sarcastic in your face. You're telling him some really depressing yeah. thing. And he's like, compared to what? Because right. I feel like, I, 
we had this conversation the last time I saw you about your dad because I feel like when you talk about him personally, it seems like he's the same guy that I used to watch on the Tonight Show talking that way. You know that that mezzo, sort of that me, sort of deadpan. Mezzo mezzo. Uh huh. He's he's much pulpier as mm-hmm. a dad, but he's he's different. But compared to what is a kind of an in your a, a gentle sort of like. In your face, like, come on. Well, he means it, but he doesn't, but it's all about the how of it. And he doesn't mean it in a deadpan, dismissive, sarcastic way. Mm -hmm. He really means it in, like, I've had cancer. So he's like, it's not cancer. So everybody always says it's not cancer. At least it's not cancer. Then you have cancer. You have to come up with a new, at least it's not. And I had a book deal, and I wrote a book, and it was so hard that instead of saying, at least it's not cancer on hard days, after I wrote the book, I would say, at least I don't have to write a book today. That's how, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's how hard it was to wow. write a book. Wow. I want to hear about your book, but now I'm curious about your cancer. Was it a long battle? or Both my it? cancer and my book were very similar. <laughs> they were very arduous. How, how many tumors were you able to sell? I sold probably 4,000 tumors. Not bad. Not bad for a first cancer. It keep, well, I was going to say maybe it's low enough that it keeps you from getting a second a cancer. A second cancer. Like if you sell so many, then yeah. it's like, well, they, we've at, you've been asked to have cancer again. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is so dark. I don't even understand That's what we're terrible. talking about. No, it works. It works yeah. as an analogy. It's just terrible. I had breast cancer 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. I found the lump when I was coming back from a show, and I uh, was getting out of the shower. My hand grazed the top of my right breast, and my stomach clenched and my heart stopped because I knew immediately. Really? You could tell this I is knew, not only I, is this abnormal, but this is I bad. knew immediately. It was really bad news. And I had lost a bunch of weight, and that's why it was even discernible. Because you carry a lot of weight in your breasts. You don't, but we do. I carry a little bit of my... I didn't as, want to say anything, but I age, thought that there was a little something going on in your left yeah. tit. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that Richard Roundtree is a breast cancer survivor? No, but shaft. I believe it. That's, it's, and that's like shaft. the coolest black dude, yeah. so there's nothing uncool about it. No. Most people don't even acknowledge men have titties. I think more and more now there's... You didn't, there, I stumped you. You didn't really even know what to say to that. I had, you? you put me back on my heels with that one. <laughs> Um, and then you immediately went in to the doctor, diagnosed... Then they had to confirm that it was cancer, and then they said the woman that does the MRI, like Madge, is in on Wednesday. And I had to wait for her, and I was like, this is bullshit. What the fuck, can I curse? What the fuck yeah. is Madge doing while I'm waiting to find out if this is cancer? Yeah. I was like, is Madge... I mean, Madge, get your ass in here. Right, don't we have somebody who... Fills in for, for Madge, Madge? She's not here? I mean, seriously, I have to wait on this bitch. To, I was like, so I called my father, and my father got me connected to Gene Wilder's do- doctor, and he called me within an hour on my cell and said, "We're going to get you looked at tomorrow morning at 8 a.m." Uh-huh. Found out very quickly it was in fact cancer, and had a lumpectomy, and thank you God didn't have lymph node involvement, which is the big question. It, did it spread? They they have to check what's called the sentinel node, which is like the gatekeeper. That's the closest node. Of the to other the, lymph yeah. nodes, and I kept seeing this guy. It was called the sentinel, and at the time Michael Douglas was in this movie, The Sentinel. So I just kept picturing Michael Douglas. How? When was this? That's this a, was eleven years ago. Yeah. So thank you, God, I'm here. 
Yeah. So that's something to be very grateful for. Absolutely. But did you chemo have to was do par- yeah, chemo. Horrible. I was going to say I did you do radiation too? I did all of it. Radiation's yeah. nothing next to chemo. Chemo chemo you want to die. Yeah. Chemo you're sick on a level that's completely surreal. Well, it's the whole premise my understanding of chemo and radiation is that uh, it's like in the movies where the guy's got a gun on you and you notice he doesn't have a seatbelt fastened, so you drive into a tree right. to kill the cancer. You're right. just like, I'm not going to die, but you're going to die. Right. Yeah. So you're killing yourself to, to save yourself. Right, right. Yeah, so it was terrible, and then radiation. But the chemo is, you know, I said I didn't care if I lost all my hair so long as I didn't die, but you say that until you lose all your hair. And then yeah. it's very stark and very Auschwitzian. Did you go wig or bald or? I was bald kerchief? a lot. I yeah. was kerchiefed. I was kerchiefed. So then you're like Little House on the Prairie. Um, but the wig was hot, and sometimes I would start out with the wig, and then by the time I got home after like a long day, it would be on sideways. Like I couldn't <laughs> even. I'd pull into the yeah. driveway, and my ex-husband would be laughing hysterically, and I'd be like, "What?" And I'd look in the thing, and it would be like backwards, and I'd be like, "Just get the groceries." <laughs> my um, my daughter's fourth grade teacher is in I think her she's been battling for a few years now because yeah. she's had recurrences terrible and now she she seems she's in such good spirits she's an amazing person to me when I see her but the last time I was in school she's one of her arms is big lymphedema yeah and then her the top part of her chest is completely black and blue and blue oh. and blue. So from what? From I th- I think from some other kind of therapy that's oh, going God. on. And she's oh. recently had to do another round of chemo, so she doesn't have any hair. But she looks to me. But she's in spirits. You right. know, she laughs. And well, she that's talks like to what we were kids. talking about. It's all compared to. It's all your perspective. She may be grateful she's even here. To me, she's like a superhero. It's like like you know those superhero movies yes. where they've had a bad day. Yes. And now. <laughs> She's just like, she just is like, holy yeah, cow. she presses on. You cannot stop this lady. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, she's amazing. And then there are people that literally got like a bad haircut and can't get out of bed. Well, that's happened to me, not the haircut. But, you know, I've been depressed. But I've been sent, always your problems always sound silly to people who don't have your problems. Well, Dad would say, compared to what? Yeah. yeah. Jake. Right. He'd come right into your house and get right in your room and say, compared to what, Jake Johansson? Well, it's not a contest, but I mean, I feel like <laughs> I'm allowed to be sad about something. This, Jeez, you're not my dad. I've wanted to say that to him. Yeah. When he says, compared to what, you know, he'll talk about World War II and I'll go, but I, I haven't even enlisted, Daddy. I'm not going to war. Talk yeah. about Jack Warden, who was in the war, the actor Jack Warden. I'm like, what am I listening to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, that's too much tough love for me. He could, <laughs> he could be like that. Right. Yeah, because sometimes you do want to have a little bit of a... Soft. I just want to be sad for a little while. It's yeah. not that I end of the world, but everybody wants to... Well, you, you want a, somebody to indulge you, and indulge not in a pejorative sense, but just companion you. Yeah. Be there with you in it. Yeah. Yeah, I was just having a little... On my way down here, I've got this friend that I've known since high school... And he likes to call me up. He's going through some tough times with his kid and his ex-wife and, you know, and yeah. calls me up. And then, then it's the time where, okay, now he's told me his terrible news. Yeah. And then, how am I doing? Yeah. And then I tell him. And it's like he sort of glosses over. Like, I get, like, hey, 
I was just telling him, you know, I just did my last Letterman. This was a few months ago. And, right. And so that was a tough, you know, it was emotional. It was emotional for me. Right. And it, he was very kind of just dismissive. Yeah. Compared to what it's go, he's going through. Right. It's not that big deal. But it sort of felt like, hey, I, you told me about your big thing. Right. And this is what, this is. Right. The, this is the little emotional rat that I'm swallowing. You know what right his, now. the subtext of what he was doing to you was. What was it? Compared to what? It was compared to what? That's why I brought it up. That's I mean, why it, it little... bumps you. It's a little compared to what? But it was in the worst possible. That's not doesn't, the way you want to do compared good. to no, what. No, it doesn't not... feel good. The way That's to do not the way you want to do compared to what, right? Yeah, the compared to what is supposed to be. You can misuse compared to help. Cheer up because right. it could be right. worse. Not, but it would not probably... cheer up because my problem is... Are so much worse than yeah. yours, but it would be bad. Sometimes I wouldn't like when my dad would do it because it can feel dismissive. If you go... You know, you weren't on that airplane where everybody died. I still want to go, yeah, but I just did my last Letterman, and, you know, I have a lot of feelings around it. Yeah. That was confusing, because I, we I thought we were done talking about me. Oh, <laughs> did no, you no, get that's self-conscious? Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I wasn't, you weren't on that par- I wasn't on an airplane where everybody died. Oh, you thought but, I was going to talk about me? But I was on the airplane where I got a bad No, I wasn't going to do a strict analogy, because mm-hmm. I, I heard you say something that was upsetting yeah, you for you. Nice. And so I was trying to be empathic. Yeah, just more than I got from my friend. Thank uh, you. Believe me, I'm clear about that. Yeah. So I was trying to, on the way down here, I was thinking about this is what I need to say to him because our friendship is important and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, look, he doesn't even know he's doing that. Right. Just forget about it. Right. Yeah. And he probably doesn't have ears to hear it because he's so mired in his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's you know, that's what you, re- well, that's what you realize is everyone's spinning in their own orbit. You yes. Know? Yeah. Big time. You try, I mean, I feel like. I try not to be that way. I try and say, you're like, good. Look, what are you, you doing? Seem, you seem good. You seem like you're pretty good at that. I try. You know, I try. I think some people don't even try. And obviously, A lot of try. people. I try to, and sometimes better than others. But even today, I spoke to my sponsor in the program, and I said, I've been too mired in self. I have to get out of self, and I have to start, like, focusing on other people. It's, it's, it's the pit. Yeah. It's in there with the pit. You know, how much can you think about yourself? And then people talk, and you're self-referential, and you're like, I somehow have still managed to make this about me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is your perspective on everything. That's the other thing about it. Yeah, but it's good to get out of yourself. It's good to hear other people. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, you say the Letterman thing, and it's good for me to to hear that, just to hear it. Hmm. Wouldn't it be funny if this all ended with you just weeping? Like, I think I'm being helpful, and... You'd be surprised how many episodes end. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, I I think I think people could do with being a little bit more empathetic. You know, oh in that in that whole like Yeah. I want to tell everybody wants to tell everybody else what what's going on with that. Right. But then when it's reversed, right. hey, try and be what you wish that they were. Well, while that's you were it. Well, that's like the Bible and Torah. I mean, they yeah. all kind of have the same teaching, do unto others and think about your fellow man. I, I make an effort, even when I don't want to, just to kind of robotically say, even when I don't have it in me, hey, tell me what's going on for you today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the minute I ask, I think, why did you ask? You're not that interested. But can you, do you listen, though, yes, when the answer I do. starts? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And today a friend on the phone who's very self-involved talked about herself in great detail and then said, but tell me what's going on with you. And once I told her, she was very available to it and it was very impressive. That's good. It was good. 
it was good. I told her about this manager thing, and she was excited, and I told her I was trying to make this tape, but I can't really make a tape doing material when I'm hosting, because you have to kind of go with what's happening. And but but wouldn't your tape be a lot of interactive no. stuff? No, no. you want to just They saw make me a tape. do a set of material. The I one see. night I hosted and did material, somebody who was like a big mocker was in the audience and saw it and wants that. And then that's going to be your new manager. And that's, that no, it's two about? different people. Oh, I see. I have a lot going on. No, I'm no it's clear to me. Yeah. What about your book? It's great. It's great. It's a, it's when a, did it come it's out? It's a memoir. It came out about a year ago. I went on a Jewish book tour. So when I saw you in Aspen, that was kind of, it was coming out then, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I saw you in Aspen. That was so right. enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I was finishing it. And in fact, I didn't stay in Aspen because I was finishing the book. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very proud of the book. You know, unless you basically have had a sex change or have killed somebody or are famous, it's very hard to get any traction with a book. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Well, yeah, I feel like I still like books, but I, you know, I I'll hear what you say. I'll give you my book. You would love my book. It's a really well, it's a good book. And it, but, but writing, a everybody story. who's written a book says how no. just awful, don't write a book. But yeah. Or, or, oh, it's horrible. Was, well, like I said, now I don't say at least it's not cancer. I say at least I don't have to write a book. It's just, it's so, um, it weighs on you. Like, no matter what you're doing. If I was doing stand-up tonight, I would be thinking to myself, this is great, but I have to get out of here and go write. And did you, did you well, you knew it was going to be a memoir from the Yes, Jump that's what I was contracted to do. And so you just started at the beginning and worked your way through and, and then went back over it? I How, actually started, I started... I started the day that my ex-husband moved out and I was finishing cancer treatment and my father was flying me to Ethel Kennedy's to perform in Hyannisport in the big tent. What's the big tent at Hyannisport? The big Ethel Kennedy annual gala. I started in a very dramatic place and mm -hmm. I went backwards. Oh, I see. The, and what got you to this moment? Yes. Yeah. And it was a good way to start. And then at the end, it's very literary. I went forward. I was an English major at Wesleyan. You always wonder what happens to the English major. <laughs> Here they are doing comedy on a Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to be an engineer, but I dropped out. What kind of engineer? Well, I was a chemical engineer. Uh-huh. I started off, I, was, I liked animals, and I thought I, w I would try and be a veterinarian. Oh. So this guy I was talking to on the phone today, he, I wanted to be, we were, co-valedictorians of our high school oh. and he he was going to become a doctor of people and I was going to become a veterinarian and of he is of now animals. of animals and he is now a uh, surgeon of people and, of people and I am now a comedian mm -hmm. so but I so I went to college to become a vet and then um, really I, I was in pre you know you have to get a first get an undergrad okay. to get into to vet school and so I was in all these engineering classes because I was really good in math and science, the, or pre-engineering math and right. calculus and physics and stuff. Right. And then I was not with the other pre-vet students because they were trying to ace easier math classes. Okay. And, so, and you were more advanced. I, and I, and yeah, and so I was relating to these engineers. So I said, look, I'm going to change my mate. I, I, who am I kidding? I don't want to be a veterinarian. I wanna, I'm an engineer. And then uh, what kind of an engineer was, I didn't know. And uh, But at the time chemical engineer I like I was pretty good at chemistry I had a chemistry teacher that I really liked in mm, high school mm. and I thought uh, that's good and then also chemical engineers at that time were the highest paid engineers wow 
And uh, so I could be working for an oil company right now if I had stuck with that. <laughs> Is there any part of you that wishes that was your life? No, there's zero part See? of me. Zero part of See? me. See? I mean, except when I imagine, like, what it's like to live in, you know, the president of Exxon's house or something like that. I mean, I'm sure that they have these great... In that fantasy, life. yeah. Are there but mattresses all over the floor? No, there's not. That's the See? thing. Is like I'm. And you could do that. I'm in a circle. I'm in a peer group, where this idea of a house full of mattresses is not. It's absurd, but it's also like doable. <laughs> like there's someone that we know that has the money and could and right. will and will do it. Right. You know, we could easily. Right be invited to someone's house where it's, it's all mattresses. Yeah, Isn't the next great? time we're having this conversation, it could be about an address. Yeah, like you tell me, Jake, that thing that we were talking about, yeah. I told it to... My friend Malcolm, so, and Malcolm actually fucking executed it. We're doing it. it. It's yeah. this weekend. Yeah. It's a, well, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of before I got sober, being in college and being wasted, and like we kind of, it was kind of like that. There were mattresses all over the floors where you would go. Well, in every movie about uh, junkies like New right. Jack City it's, where it's they go to the candlelight, it's, it's a lot, lot of mattresses. mattresses. But, but that's, that's not a bad our, version. That's, that's not, not our what version. We're our version about. is a happy version. Our version is more like the movie Arthur, only yes. less pathetic. Yes, yeah. yes. And a little bit of a Jim Morrison thing thrown in mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. right? Because I know yeah. you like him. It's in your act. Well, I used to. That He was having his big first or third comeback during my college days. Wow. Obviously he had he was done a long time before that, but then when I was in college he was now I think the doors are back having another like people are aware of them and whatnot. Yes, except he's dead. Jim Morrison. Yes, yes you he can't is dead. you can't really do well, it. Well this is the thing, you know, you talk about uh, people who don't you know Everybody wants to talk about how great all of these dead people were who died right. young. Right, 27. You know, they all died at 27. They did, didn't they? Jimmy that was Hendrix the age. And Janis, Janis Joplin. Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. Not Lenny Bruce. I think he was older. Yeah, no, he was older. He was but, older. Uh, James Dean. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe was right around there, I yeah. think. But, and who knows what, how... Would their life? Would they have gone on to become Sir Elton John and some person, or Billy well, I, Joel, or someone I who's, who's Jim, just yes. been producing all this great stuff all this time? Well, or would they have kind of flared out? Would they become? Would they have become Axl Rose? Right. You know. Right. Would their mental health and addiction problems take over? Boy, yeah. Axl Rose became so strange, huh? Yeah. Well, I just I don't even know. I I don't really mean to make fun of him. No, I just he's not mean to okay. Say, like, he's not he okay. He should be doing better. But he had that he Brian can't. Wilson he's, something. He's in the he's in the hole. Yeah. Worse Some than people, the hole. No, that's his hole. Some people get in the hole, they can't get out. Yeah. That's his hole. Now I have a question for you. Go ahead. Were you ever during those forty six? Forty six. Letterman. Yes. That's insane, Jake. That is un such an accomplishment. And here's my question. Were you ever out there doing a Letterman where you froze or where you forgot what you were going to say? I didn't have that happen. But, you know, it's funny that you bring... Do you know Nick Griffin? Yes, very well. So Nick was on my podcast. He did, he did the podcast while we were in Aspen. Yes. And he had just had that experience on Letterman. And he talked about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. He froze? He yeah. Yeah. He said he... Said he completely lost his place and kind of froze and then I can't remember now but if you know people yeah. are listening to this you can yeah. go back and listen to Nick Cribben but he talked about kind of coming unstuck and I think it wasn't come in come in hello 
Hi. Oh, hi. Oh, water. water hi. Sorry if I disrupted. Hi, no, you nod. <laughs> water just arrived with a very nice young man. Thank uh, you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Um, I can't remember how he told me what it was that he can't, got him to come unstuck, but I never had that happen. I did have happen that uh, I was, uh, and I think I told this story recently, so I apologize if you're listening and I'm repeating it, but uh, I... Uh, I was flying to New York to do my set, and I had jokes about... On Letterman. Yes, on, on Letterman. I was going to do Letterman, and my set had jokes about the Hawaiian airliner that the top came off of, which was not recent at that time. It was a year or so before. Okay. And I was talking about you know what it would be like to be on that flight and how the next flight that you get on, people are putting their head, stuff in the overhead bag, and you're like, right. I wouldn't do that if right. I were you. Right, right. Those come off. Right. And then uh, while I was on my way to New York there was a plane crash and so they said you know you can't do these oh jokes God. tomorrow night you have to do a different set and so I had to I knew I had another set that I was going to do the next time and so I just I moved it up but I only had that one night to do it and kind of get my brain did right. you go to a club and run it I went to a club and ran it yeah because I was going to run the other set yeah you know, so I had a spot and how comfortable did you feel doing a set that you had not been prepared to do it was okay but it wasn't my uh it wasn't my favorite right. appearance. Right. Well, you know, my dad told the story. He was being, he, uh, we took Q&A from the audience when we had this fundraiser that my dad was on a couple days ago. And somebody said, you know, is it true that you turned down The Graduate? And the story behind that is, uh, as my father tells it, is that Mike Nichols asked him to do The Graduate. And he was given all this dialogue. And he said, it's not enough time to learn all this dialogue, and he felt Mike Nichols sabotaged him because he gave him all this dialogue to learn for the next day. And to your point, my father's feeling was there was no way you could be good enough in that amount of time to know this and to have it massaged into you well enough in that amount of time, and consequently he wasn't great in the audition. Right. Well, I feel like that's a, that's a real... There's people who can be good that quickly with that much stuff in right. an audition, and right. then there's people who are going to do the best job in the movie. Right. Now, Dustin Hoffman was great in the movie, right. so well, I'm not talking about him. Right. But, uh, but I feel like sometimes that's, yeah, it's, you're up against it. Right. What are you going to do? But I think that my dad used to say, like when he did Midnight Run, he would say that he and De Niro were the people that knew their lines the best and then could throw them away and could really just be in the moment and let things happen. And it was interesting that the two people who were the most famous and the most accomplished in the movie had that work ethic, and that's why. Because they had that work ethic. Well, sure, yeah. Right, well, right. But my point being that there are people out there that just think, like, I'll look at this or kind of know my lines, and then they're not remotely good enough, and they can't figure out why they're not getting another job. Yeah, yeah, you have to do the work if you want to get the You have to do the work, the right. Yeah. Yeah. But... But that's that's on the job day. That's on the day that you're doing the right, job. Right. Sometimes the audition day. The, the audition thing is a tricky thing because there's the two things. There's the getting the job, and then there's the doing the job. Right. And they're different things. They're very different things. Do you audition a lot? I audition a little bit, but I'm not as good at auditioning as I am at doing the thing. Right. I mean, I feel like I hate I have, auditioning. It's it's tricky, and you know, there's the two sides of it too. Is there's one? There's sometimes you just look. I can't. If you give it to me the night before, right. I can't be as good as 
as these trained you, actors can right, be. Right, if you'd given it to me day, a week before, then I could do a better audition. Live with it. And that's how much time I would have to be able to do the job. Right. So, so there, there's that's, you know, what are you going to do? What's been your worst experience in show business? <laughs> oh, that's always boy. my favorite kind of question. That is a good question, and I want. Do you know what yours is? And then I'll think about my... Well, I shouldn't be thinking while you're talking. That's that's what I just said. I didn't ah, like it. Busted. Um, oh. Worst experiences. I had an experience where um, I did stand up and I went back to the room and the room was so skeevy that I didn't want to take my coat off. The hotel or condo? Yeah, the hotel yeah. was disgusting. And I won't say where it was and it was actually like a kind of nice place but the hotel where they put us was just horrible and um well now I'm switching to another story and it was the night Whitney Houston died oh this is recent and not so long ago and I got into the room and I literally couldn't even sit I was frozen the room was that disgusting I Mm. just was like there was a washcloth that looked like somebody had wrung it out and it had kind of frozen dry. It was just disgusting. What kind just, of a hotel is this? Where that's, a bad, bad one. It that's, was, it they was, haven't cleaned the room. No, that's, that was how they were presenting it. That was how it was going to be. It was just, it was a, like a motel. It was just horrible. And on the other side of the wall, I heard this girl go, Sleep with my sister. I don't give a shit. And I was standing there, and I thought, yeah, I can't. I don't see me losing consciousness in this bed. I'm not going to feel safe enough to let go. I'm excited about your new manager, though, because I feel like (laughs) it's not going to be hard to do better than whoever put you in that Mostly it's been better, and I've been booking stuff on my own, and it's all been better. Although the other story was that I was in another bad room, and I sensed there was something under the bed. And I looked under the bed and I pulled out a big inflatable mattress with a sheet kind of half on it, like people had just like been doing something and then rolled off it. And then a roach walked off the mattress as if to say, like, things are as bad as you think they are. Mm-hmm. With it just, his eyes? Yeah. With what? With his, with his he, eyes? There was a look, yes. Sort of stalky. He looked back and he gave me a look and went... This, this pretty much my presence sums it up. It's really happening. It's really it's really that bad. And then road money, just road money, which can be horrible. Yeah, well, more and more, that's kind of the that's yeah, we're having to reinvent the whole being on the road. I still like doing the shows, but yeah, sometimes when it's if it's terrible like that, then the shows can't even be fun. Right. You've got to go back to the hotel where it's terrible. No, and a nice, I mean, there are nice rooms, like we said, where you feel like you're kind of on vacation, and you go, this is a nice bed, and there's cable, and I'm looking uh-huh. at a mountain, and this isn't bad. Well, I've had a few, see, when you, I hadn't thought about those experiences as my worst, what was the, how did you phrase the question, your worst experience What was in your show worst business? experience in show business? Yeah, I had more been thinking about just sort of disappointments. Sure. Of, like, uh, well, do you want to share that? Well, I've had several things where you do them and then you're edited out or, Oof. or, um, so yours not didn't because, involve a roach. And, and not that they don't like you, just like, not oh, we took that scene out. And yeah. So, or Happens you, all the you're time. in this, I, I did a movie and I had a lot of stuff to do in the movie, especially the first scene I was in, I was the kind of driver of the scene, but there wasn't time in the bigger movie for that scene Aww, to be, have its that thing. That sucks. So I had a few of those kind of experiences. 
And most of the road experiences, you know, when you look back on them now, they, I think they were even fun at the time. Right, right. You know, I had I fun was, telling those stories, and it wasn't, you know, I mean, there's bad and there's bad. I mean, compared to what? I did swim in a pool. I did swim in a hotel pool one time where... You know, when I went down to the bottom, there was like a mossy, like it was the bottom of a pond. Like you go down and you, that part where the that's deep end bad. goes to the shallow end and you can just feel this sort that's, of that's... like luxurious grassy moss. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty disgusting. And you kind of think, well, my sinuses are in this pool with that moss and along, all of the other along things. Along with yeah. other openings on your body. I feel like my nose is one of my most important openings. Well, my mouth and my anus and my ears... I don't if wanna... you feel like you got business in my hands, good luck. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Good luck. Yeah, there's a lot of you're dealing with. That's really. Uh, there's a lot coming out. Really. I don't have a restricted diet. So you're saying I feel like it's I'm just eating spicy foods. Really. I'm not in the secret club, so you've got that. To, that's right. coming out. That right. End. Right. Um, oh, uh, sure. No, I mean, not a ton. It's not like yeah. I'm crapping vodka or anything. No. But I'm saying my digestive tract. Oh, is, so when a, you go into the bathroom, it might be time for like a vanilla candle. Well, I didn't. You didn't necessarily want think, to go you know, there, but... Yeah, I didn't want to go there. No, my but you, always, you... My wife loves to do that whole, like, oh, my God, what happened in there with you? Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I pooped. That's what it smells like when you poop. That's right. what That's, that's why, what poop smells like. That's, that, it's waste. Right. We're and getting rid of it. that's why it's out. That's We're why it's coming it. out. We've got a thing. It's not like it's there and you're going to make, like, a pie. It's out. Yeah. Society has built this thing this to receive your waste and it makes a water barrier between what you put in it and the rest of the world and some places even know that it's severe enough that a bidet where it just it helps you too there's water flashing up Mm, yeah i've only had limited experience oh i like that i like that you feel real clean Mm -hmm. i enjoy that yeah Mm -hmm. i never had that in any of my road gigs do you have that now no no but uh, but i have you're not a person who would buy a bidet if i had the money i might i did a very pricey gig on fisher island in florida where everyone was on a golf cart and there were bidets on the golf carts no in the in the hotel yeah, mm-hmm. I've been in those houses where they have, but that, that's yeah. You can buy a ten thousand dollar toilet with a bidet, but you can also get like a two hundred fifty dollar add on thing that does a little squirting and I don't it's mind heated. That. It's all, I don't. I don't mind. I see you have the money for that right now. Yeah, I'm a, not. That's not where it would that's go. That's not it. Where yeah. it would go? It would probably go towards like a nice throw for one of my couches. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How set would you have to be to? How, I mean. Well, let's see what happens with this manager, and I'll get back to you next time we talk. Let's just see, you know, what this guy can do. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that next time. I mean, I if come it leads to, to a bidet, that's worth mentioning. Yeah, I feel like we need to go on Amazon right after this and price them because <laughs> I think that this is such a doable. Are we pricing that? Or are we pricing mattresses? I feel like I know what mattresses cost, and yeah. what you're up against with the mattresses is just the number that you would need to That's square true. footage out your right. house, and also get rid- getting rid of your other furniture. Yes. and where do you do your clothes, and how do you do that? Yes. But it's like tata- you know those tatami mats, those Japanese, they're like Japanese grass mats. Wow, and they're about uh, you know two, three inches thick, two, two inches, inches yeah, thick. two inches thick, mm-hmm. and they and they've got a cloth fabric padding on them. I love it. And so that's why you take your house off, your feet oh. off when you go in the Japanese people's you house. You take your the, feet off. You take your feet off. Mm-hmm. No, your shoes. I didn't I said you know what I meant. I did. But yeah, if you took if you could take your feet off. Would that be nice? Just throw them in a bucket. Just like while we're sitting here talking. Just, yeah. We got our feet over just there in some nice off. warm bucket. Just take everything off you don't need. I would just be I would be arms to lean on the chair and a mouth for the interview and then I would reconstruct myself. Mm-hmm. 
Or would you just put your head in like a little tripod? I wouldn't and just mind everything that. Everything would be. I wouldn't mind that. You go to bed at night yeah. and you dismantle yourself. Um, do you meditate? Sometimes I need to. My I have monkey brain. I mean, my brain is really yeah. pretty fast and all over the place. So it definitely serves me. The days I meditate, I do better. But sitting in a meeting is pretty meditative for me. If I can, <laughs> if I can sit through no, like a recovery meeting for an hour. Oh, you mean a? Oh, I see. Yeah, like a real recovery meeting and hear about spirituality and just pause and just slow down. That's pretty meditative. And just focus completely on what's being said. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And just get out of my own mind, and then there's a shift, and then I leave, and everything is still the same, the circumstances are the same, but I'm different. So, again, mm -hmm. it's an inside job, and there's been a shift in me, and I feel better. And, oh, we're still, we're fine. And how, how often do you do those? Do you, I go as often as I can. Yeah. Because it's so helpful. Mm -hmm. It's so helpful. I wish I was going to one right now. Well, that... My feelings are a little bit. It shouldn't hurt, be. I, yeah. It shouldn't be. Well, I know. I know we're nearing the end of the of our time. We don't have time though. You don't have time to go to a meeting because the no, show starts I'm gonna, in a half. No. What hour. time is it now? It's seven thirty. Shows in a half hour. Yeah, I won't be making not, a meeting because these things are an hour, ninety minutes. Yeah, right? well, yeah, sixty minutes or ninety minutes, and we have our show soon. Yeah, we're not. There's no time. How, how are you feeling about tonight? I feel good. I feel like it's going to be a good show. Tonight? I feel good about the shows. too. I think they're going to be good. Saturday night, better than Friday night. I think, well, this is what I always say. You know, I try, I really, I really do like this job. Yeah. And I've been doing this job for a long time. You know, I can't remember, I think Jordan Brady made this movie, Road Comic. And it sort of looks, it's a little bit derogatory about, and you know, what's his name? Uh, um, oh, who's got the podcast and used to be the radio show host. Mark Maron? No, and, and was partners with Jimmy Kimmel on a thing for a little while, wasn't he? Huh. The Man Show, didn't he? Or was oh, he? Um, Adam I, Carolla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Carolla made a movie about stand-up and going on the road. And, and I feel like they, they want to make it sort of, they want to highlight those stories like you told. Right. And I feel like I've had a lot of great times going on the road. It's but awesome. Saturday night, this is the night that I always say, like, this is why... We did stand yeah. up. This is what got you keep going to the yeah. open mics and stuff so that you get to work on a Saturday night. In New York City you know? at, like, the nicest club. Yes. I mean, to be Saturday night at Gotham, it doesn't get any better than that. And we're going to do it. And then we're, we're gonna, not... We're really going to... We're not just going to do it tonight. We're going to really do it. We're going to really do it. And both times, right? Yeah, yeah. We're not going to half-ass yeah. it. Yeah, no. And there might be a feeling of a little lull before the second one, but no, that's a temporary feeling, and then we're going to rev it back up. Uh-huh. And take it over the top. Yeah, just fucking eat the ass out of it, so to speak. Forgive me. <laughs> I don't know that that sounds as good as. You I know. don't like that I said it, but it was it, it was no. like out of my mouth before I could stop it. It's so it's sort of aggressively it's disgusting. Yeah, eat the ass out of it. Yeah, like, and I can't believe you just repeated it. it. Wasn't enough that I said it; you repeated I it. I wanted to know what it would be like to say it. When, eat the yeah, ass out of it. You know what? I kind of like it. It's, it's so, so gritty like, and, and so nasty, like, aggressive. You can't escape. I'm right. just going right. to eat the ass right. out of this. Right. Thing. Oh, again. Yeah. Okay. again. Wow. I felt like I had. I wanted to bring it. I wanted to get to performance level because I really want to get this job where I say that in the movie. Yeah. I one time looked out the window at our house, and, you know, we. Our bathroom is on the second floor. There's a little window. I had to call my wife over, and she will testify to this. But we hear this bird just screaming and going nuts. Yeah. And you see the bird screaming and going nuts, and you look over and see what the bird's looking at, 
and there's another bird that's obviously this bird's mate. Yeah. And this squirrel has a hold of these birds' <gasps> legs, and it's just eating oh. the ass oh. out of the other bird. <laughs> God. I literally oh, saw that God. happen. God. And That's so, not exactly the image I was going yeah, for no. on the second show at Gotham, but it's going to be a celebratory. It's, it's going to be more celebratory. Well, I don't think there's anything celebratory about what you just shared. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, good. celebratory isn't a word that leaps to mind when I hear a mm. squirrel is eating the ass out of a bird as its mate looks on. I think that though, for, from the in the animal world, that happens a lot. Did the uh, did the bird come save the bird? Or? No, the bird was not going to get saved. <gasps> this was a oh, kind that's of a, very upsetting. La- a lamentatious. Lamentatious. I don't know if that's a word. I don't think so. But you know you're what I mean. fucking just committed to it. Yeah. Lamentious. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we I feel like this was such a fun conversation. It was fun. I'm so glad that you came on the podcast. Me and too. now luckily we didn't really cover everything, so no. we could talk it. We can do we it again. again. We can do it next time you're in town. Do you have any little inspirational cause we talked a, we talked a little bit about a triumph of the getting through things and yes. compared to what? Don't give up before the miracle. That's, that's a saying. That's a saying. That's the that's ice a, melting. That's, that's a saying in the rooms. And a miracle, one way I know a miracle is defined is as a shift in perception. So it doesn't have to do with like, oh my God, everything changes. It just, again, it's an inside job. It has to do with the way you're seeing stuff. And that mm. can be a miracle when there's a shift in your perception it can be a miracle and your perception can change at any moment so for anyone struggling just know that your perception might be changing it might be right around the corner so don't give up yeah yeah that's a good people don't want to believe that but it really it's true it really is true and then when you have cuz that's my favorite wedding kind of toast sentiment because you know when i got married i felt like all suddenly all of those heartbreaks that I'd experienced in my life that seemed at the time as a succession of the worst thing that had ever happened to me. Are you talking romantic? Yeah. Yes. All those romantic heartbreaks that yes. happen over and over. Then then on the day when you're marrying your your current spouse, which right. is my only spouse, right. it feels like all of those were lucky. Right, because they know? got you to that place. And so immediately that perspective changes and you it's realize, like, like, wow, that... that I wouldn't All be those here. Times where I just was desperate that I lost this thing that I wish I had gotten. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have wound up here. Well, they say that with you know? Buddhism. You know, when shit happens, it's not really shit. Isn't that the Buddhist perspective? I don't know so much about it, Is but it? If it's, I've so. never seen it on a T-shirt. But I feel like it's. A good I saw it on a T-shirt. When shit happens, it's not really shit. So it's what you're saying. It's everything is um, fodder for the next moment and you have to trust that the next moment is going to be okay and maybe even better than okay. That's, well, if you start that's, that's hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I'm that's wasn't that my directive? No, that hopeful? was good. Yeah, thank you. That was good. Mhm. I was just going to say if you start eating at the ass, it's eating all, the ass out, please. Eating the ass. If you start out. eating the ass out first, yeah. It only gets better. Right, because that's going to be over. But eating the ass out is a is a phrase that is. <laughs> oh, did you say eating triumphant? The ass out like I like tonight. I want us to eat the ass out of the audience. <laughs> that's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> it's a it's a phrase that denotes. When we high five at the end of this night, oh, it's going to mean a lot, a lot. Yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah it will. Yeah. We basically will have eaten the ass out of it. Yeah, let's start with a high five. All right. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Thank you so much. That was really fun. Yeah.
Marion Groton, and it was terrific. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope that you're doing well. It's two Saturdays since that Saturday, and now I'm in London, and I'm about to go and hopefully eat the ass out of this great night. And I hope that's my wish for you. That's my wish for you in your house of mattresses, that uh, you will eat the ass out of this great night. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. You know that's true. I know now more than ever, that you know that that's true now. So try and hold on to that memory in your darkest time. And remember, when you're in the hole, the only thing you got to do is get out of that hole. Don't do anything else. Just get out of that hole. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Marion Groden. Uh, I, you know, I feel like I downplayed this conversation a little bit at the beginning. And then when I listened to it back uh, just now, <laughs> it was really, really good. And so thank you. Thank you, Marion, for being on the show. I think that's me more than her when I downplay at the beginning like that. That's my feeling like, oh, geez, well, I enjoyed it. But, oh, blah. But, uh, wow. Thank you, Marion. Thank you, listeners. I'll be back. I'd like to say next week. I do sometimes say next week, and then it turns out. To, but, you know, you can listen to these over and over until I get back to you. But hopefully there'll be a new one. I did an episode of Topop, Will Anderson's great podcast, while I was here in London. So you can check that out if you're hankering to hear me talk to someone who's more interesting than me. Uh, oh, that was oh, low self-esteem. you got to watch out. It creeps in. It attacks when you least expect it. Um, but you kind of can always expect it if... If that's your nature, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm meditating. I'm doing my thing. I'm drinking plenty of water and I'm back in the game. Thanks for listening and greetings from London. I'll see you at the Soho Theater where I saw you. I'll see you where I saw you. And if not, I'll see you back in America, United States of America. I got some dates coming up in the fall and probably before the fall, but uh, or after the fall, that's a play. Check out my website, jakethis.com. Follow me on Twitter. Do all those things. Let's be together. If we don't make a plan to get it, be together, we fail to make a plan to be together, and that's a mistake. And mistakes are just opportunities to learn and make a better future for yourself. Oh, geez, I should be writing these down. Somebody should. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.
Check this.